What is going on, y'all? It is your boy Bonnie, and we are back with a brand new episode of Full Court Press. And as always, I am joined by Tio Felix. How's it going, brother? What up? What up? I just saw our son just play. You know, he, he, he tried to hit a clutch three. Didn't work out. Next time. Next time, Jose Alvarado. We need you on the pod, brother. Come on. <laughs> All right. On today's show, we're going to do a quick recap of week four in the NBA around the association. And in addition to that, we're going to touch upon a little bit of the in-season tournament, as well as some headlines that happened throughout week four and a little bit creeping into week five. So stay tuned onto this episode. Make sure to download episodes and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows. And follow us on Instagram at FCPThePod. This is episode 51. Let's get it. All right, dude. So, you know, we're talking about our Raptors again. You know, week four, the recap. What has been some improvements or disappointments so far that you've noticed throughout week four? Since our last episode, they had about five games, right? So they lost two of them to the top team in the East with the Bucks minus Giannis. They got slapped. They lost to Tatum, who had an off day in an in-season tournament. And then they came back to slap Pistons by 31. And then they got a slap in on their own by Orlando. And they had a really impressive win tonight against Indiana. A red-hot Indiana, right? Uh-huh, honey. But what I do continue about them, and I'm going to keep saying it, they continue to improve on sharing the rock, bro. In that game against the Pistons, they just they recorded a season-high 44 assists by a team this year. And by doing that, also broke the franchise record for assists for the Toronto Raptors. Now you can actually guess they are in the top five in assist in the league as well. And going back to the Pistons game, they were the first team since the 91-92 season with 40 assists and with eight or fewer turnovers in the game. That was an impressive win for them. That was an impressive big W because, you know, from we keep saying last year, the knock was they were very selfish. They played very selfish, right? Yeah, yeah. So for them to go, they flipped the 360. So for them, good for them because that's what I, I keep noticing, right? But what's not being talked about also is how great the Raptors are crashing in glass, bro. Mm. Especially the offensive boards, you know? They should, they should, you know what? They're killing on the offensive boards. But, you know, if you have offensive boards, that should lead to second chance points, right? And we're not up there with second chance points. We're really, we're, we're top, we're number six in offensive. No, we're actually six in both rebounds, total rebounds and offensive rebounds. But we're in 20th in second chance points and points of turnovers. So again, our offense still needs work. We actually went bumped from the 29th uh, off offense efficiency to not the 21st. So it's not bad. You know, that's, a, that's still improvement. Mm-hmm. Right? But I do notice that they, um, they are at their best when Siakam is scoring, bro. Because when he's scoring, he's, 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 your, he's, your, um, he's your focal point. He's your focal scorer. He can, he's, he can get back buckets easier than Scotty Barnes. Which should create more options for everybody else because you can see Akman should get more attention on the offensive end, right? But looks like every week with more games played, the chemistry is building. Listening to the coach, you know, going to the coach too, you know, he's very, he's still new, you know? Like in, in, in that game against um, Boston, I was there in season tournament, right? Uh, see Akman got three fouls in the first quarter and then obviously he got benched and I was thinking, okay, maybe he'll still be in for the, you know, last two minutes or last three minutes in the second quarter at least to get the rhythm. Or he's going to push. And no, he didn't play the whole second quarter. Also, he subbed in Scotty Barnes too late. Like 26 seconds left of the, of the game. Which, you know, imagine if he was in the last minute. 
you never know, right? And mm-hmm. today, actually today against Indiana, where they almost fumbled, bro. They they they're up by they're up by two. They're, no, they're up by one, and they had it, and they got, and they so they they're inbounding the ball. So you know you're supposed to have all your best free throws shooter at the, on the on the floor, right? Bro, the man left Gary Trent Jr. and the man's fifty six percent from free throw all season. And guess what? He missed both. <laughs> he missed both. Yeah, he did. He missed both. <laughs> oh. So you still get some mistakes from the coach, and you know, I'm okay with that because you know, I believe you know you need to have you can't just you need to give some time for the coach to get their shit in the system in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I like first year, I, I'm gonna just. I let I let to I let to let him ride a wave, but overall, bro, at least they're they're improving every week. At least you know the offensive end, and they keep continuing with the defense, uh, top ten defense defense efficiency. I think they're number eight right now, and they're rebounding, bro. They're sharing the rock, right? And now you get you get to see that Siakam's leading the scores more often now, so they're getting used to it. And like I said, maybe they can be in, like a play-in tournament type of thing, right? Yeah, man. Like honestly, right now with the Raptors. From the moment of this recording, they're currently seven and eight. And to your point with Siakam and going back to the past couple episodes we, we've released so far in the season and comparing him or talking about the offensive contributions between Siakam and Scotty Barnes, it's got me questioning in regards to it. Ha- it has me questioning the thought of who's actually the leader of this team. Like whose team is this? You know what I'm saying? Is it Siakam's team or is it Scotty's team? I still think they they want Scotty to be the leader of this team, but I think it's just the unselfish nature of the Raptors organization because they're sharing the rock, right? So they know, and then they'll go with a hot guy. And then Siakam has been a leader in the past, so if he's rocking with it, if he's hot, why not, right? I think it is an equilibrium type of thing, you know. I think they're still trying to test the waters. I know they want Scotty for sure, and who know, who knows where this direction? Again, we don't even know where this direction is going. I don't know if they're just trying to raise Siakam's stock. You know, now him and OG Adenobi is actually part of the rumors now with the Sacramento Kings. You know, mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings believe they're just one, one, uh, one star away from contending for a championship, and they I think they listed uh, Zach Levine, OG, and Siakam. So you never know, right? So we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right, Bonnie. I'm gonna add a little segment. I'm gonna call this headline MVP. All right. Okay. If you guys love NBA drama, here it is, bro. I want to give you a series of headlines that came from the from what we when we last recorded to to today, which is Wednesday, November twenty second. And I'm gonna list a lot of headlines, and you tell me who's worthy of the MVP. Okay. 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 Brandon Ingram's baby mama just announced she's having a baby with Afrini Simons. What? Yeah. This is the first I'm hearing of it. What? Uh, Dylan Brooks saying Memphis used him as a scapegoat and he hated how they didn't have his back. It was easy for him to leave. Now look where they are now. In quote, it's like the girlfriend you used to have. You don't know how good she is until she's gone. <laughs> to make this quote sweeter, he just beat Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Okay. The owner of the Sacramento Kings gifted the Pope a jersey with his last name. Pope, well, his name, Pope Francis, number 13. Okay, okay. LeBron stands alone with 39,000 points in his career. More points than Curry and Paul George combined. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, in combined, they have 38,766. Damn, man. Le- 
Wow. Derek <laughs> Fisher now coaches Matt Barnes Twins. Oh. Jordan Poole went from franchise cornerstone to a tradable asset in just about four weeks. Jeez. And, <laughs> and we can safely say that 2020 NBA draft produced four stars, four star guards, Lamelo, Antsman, Halliburton, and Tyrese Maxey. And last, Coach Pop told the Spurs mid-game when Kawhi was at the free throw to stop booing. That's not who they are. Damn, yo. Those, ones, eh? those are interesting headlines, man. If I were to choose the MVP, it would honestly be the first one you mentioned with Brandon Ingram because that's the one thing I have not seen yeah, or read so far in crazy, the NBA media. Bro. I was yo. like, what? Self-made millionaire. That's, why, that's probably why he's on the injured list right now, Anthony Simons, yo. Bro. Brandon Ingram has some mans on the back and they were just like... <laughs> yo, she's going to be a self-made millionaire, fam. Oh no. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I I did see the when I, I did see um when I did see that video of of the King's owner giving that jersey to to the Pope. That's I was wild. like that's actually wild that you were able to get a jersey to the Pope that way, man. Yeah, I wish it was know. a different jersey, not a King's jersey. No disrespect. On the on the on the reels, I can't even imagine this guy wearing normal clothes. <laughs> you know for real. You think, you think the Pope's going to sleep in like... Maybe a pajama size or, you know, comfy size. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. All right, man. So break down a little bit of some week four players and teams um, around the association that have been, you know, improving or disappointing so far. Who do you got so far? You know what's crazy, man? I want to start with this. The most craziest two minutes start of any game ever. It was the Golden State and Timberwolves game where Draymond jumped out of nowhere, getting Rudy in a chokehold, uh, making Cat look oh, Cat look really bad there, bro. You know, he had that face like he was doing something, but he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and and then, Pat Bev called him out. <laughs> and Pat Bev called him out. And then um, it all started because McDaniel was grabbing Clay Thompson's shirt, you know? You know, I know Draymond, besides Draymond being hella extra, and obviously, I think I totally, you know what? went over way over my head. It said, these guys had beef for years. These guys had beef for years. Gobert and Draymond Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, since it goes back when Draymond was mocking Gobert, crying because he missed the All-Star again, remember? What year was that? I think it was before COVID. I'm not oh, lie. 100%, yeah, 100% before COVID. But like, where I'm trying to segue is that this team definitely have a rivalry, especially when Ant-Man said he wants to end Warriors Dynasty. Like, I miss this atmosphere of like the competitiveness that like you don't like there's no friends on the court, you know? And I feel like it's slowly coming back to us. These young we're getting blessed with this young generation with that type of attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love it, bro. Bring in the in season tournament, bro. I never in my in million thing million years thing will be that competitive. Even from the, the bottom teams on the bottom are really competitive against in, in these tournaments, man. And it just brings another element to the to the game where it's like a playoff atmosphere. You know, you love it. You know, it's a rivalry setting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with the in-season tournament, man, these games are tight. And, yo, these Pacers, I can't go anywhere without seeing the Pacers on my phone. The Pacers are all over the place. And it's because of that one man. Your boy. You know My boy. Bro, you called it up. It's him. Mr. Tyrese Halliburton. This guy was on, this guy was, you're, you're, you, you're on his coattail since even before he played in Sacramento. Before he even got drafted, 
telling you, man. I don't know what it was, man. I think it's honestly just the eye test. You know, when you see some guys, especially with his form, you know, the way that he shoots the ball, it's not pretty. It's we spe- have that, man. We have you know that talent, I mean? you know. I think we, you know, I'm still on top of Laurie Markkinen, Luca. <laughs> I knew Luca before he, at Madrid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. But, but with Tyrese, bro, that man cannot be touched right now. After watching this Raptors and Indiana Pacers game, that one fact, that one stat that the commentators are talking about in game live, saying how the Pacers essentially at least attempt to score a field goal within nine seconds of their possession, yeah. of every possession, so which is crazy, man, which is high offense. You know who what I'm saying? Remind you of, Look, bro, they scored 156, 157 yesterday, and they scored 132. Sorry, 130 today. Bro, the wish, wish, a nine second offense. What does that remind you of? Nine Dan second offense? system than with uh, Nash. He could be know? with Nash. He could be with the Rockets. Anywhere D'Antoni was like a plug and play or like he was implementing obviously his, yeah. his, um, his seven seconds playbook, whatever. You know, I love that you brought Halliburton because, you know, you kind of, it's going to segue to me. I actually have this guy as my early MVP favorites. Bro, I have him with Tatum and Katie. But I'm going to touch more of Tatum and Halliburton because going off Halliburton, bro, he's averaging 24.7 points per game at a 68% true shooting percentage, bro. That means like field goal, three-pointer, and free throw percentage all together. And um, that's 4.1 rebounds per game, 12.4 assists per game. No player has averaged 24 points and 12 assists. He's actually first in assist percentage. He's second in true shooting percentage among high-usage players only behind Steph. Damn. That's crazy, bro. That is a crazy stat. Even more. In two games against Philly, this was the combined stats. 58 points, 32 assists, zero turnovers. Damn. And he's also the only player this season with multiple 25 points per quarter. Say word. He is crushing it. And the Pacers right now are eight. Well, now with this loss, they're eight and six. And you know what? Like I said, if they can manage to be in the top four, bro, MVP worthy. MVP worthy. But, man, Tatum, on the other hand, is averaging yeah this is where i think i did say in the beginning of the podcast that he's gonna win mvp and i think what was separating the most is his net rating net rating bro but he's averaging 28.2 points per game 4.1 assists and nine rebounds tatum has a net rating of 15.5 bro so if you don't know what net rating is net rating is the offense and rating minus the defense's rating basically how much better or worse the team is when a specific player is on the court okay now no one this is my only argument because i'm just gonna compare his net rating Compared to the other worthy candidates this year, like KD, his net rating is five. Anthony Edwards, eleven. Shy, twelve. Jokic, eleven. Luca, two point five. Curry has a negative net rating. Giannis has three point five, and then beat eight point eight. So, Tatum is by far leading that stat. And if you want to put analytical, because it's more than MVP, obviously, than analytical stats. But this is probably the only analytical stat can actually go hand in hand with MVP because it literally measures how good is your team with or without you. Right. With your main with your number one option, your main star. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think Tatum is leading. And plus they have the best record. Him and obviously the Timberwolves right now, but so far uh, Boston. And the one the other candidate I have is just KD. And I, you know, because I'm biased, bro. I love KD. He's the only (laughs) one lead y'all. He's the only boy keeping the Suns alive. Look at this stat, bro. Look at this stat. He's averaging 31.4 points per game, 5.5 assists, 7.2 rebounds per game. Bro, he's having a 50, 40, 
87 split. He's almost had a 50 40 90 club again this year. And what year what? <laughs> and he's about to and he's about to pass um top 10. All time scoring. All time scoring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, bro. To conclude the part of the in-season tournament I wanted to mention earlier, I just want to do a quick rundown of like the standings and whatnot. So so for the Pacers right now, for East Group A, they essentially already clinched. Um, they already clinched the in-season tournament group, so they already are 3-0. and In East Group B, you have the Bucks and the Heat tied at two wins apiece. In East Group C, you have the Celtics leading at two zip. The Raptors are in that group currently at 0-2. Sad face. I don't even we're know if we're going to make the wild card spot, so it's all good. Not, oh, man. Oh, the Lakers in the West, they already clinched. LeBron already wants that additional half a mil. In uh, in Group B, in the West, you have the Pelicans and the Nuggets tied at 2-1. to one. And then you also have the Kings and the Timberwolves in Group C. I think that's my favorite group of the entire in-season tournament is the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Spurs. I think that's a really cool group to actually watch. So y'all got to catch those games later on um, shout out to on the Friday and bro. Tuesdays. Yeah, Timber shout out to the Wolves. Timberwolves, man. Wow, I'll give you the flowers, Bonnie, because it does look like Anthony Edwards is leading that team. Yeah, bro. What did, what did happy, I I'm say? Happy, and I'm happy, happy like that too. You know, I think my I told you the only knock I had is I didn't know if Ant, uh Cat was gonna allow that at least this early. You know, so it's good to they probably had a meeting. You know, the same thing. You know, who knows? Probably the same thing with Tatum. Uh, apparently, there was a rumor where Tatum had a meeting after the Drew Holiday trade to see how to accommodate Drew Holiday to this team into the system. Yeah, it's good. You know, some player meetings are actually worth it, and some player meetings are just useless, like the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Jeez. God damn it, bro. What a, so funny bro yo if you look at their headlines bro week one after first game players only meeting week two continue to get slapped week three <laughs> it's time to break up the team so everybody's on the block now things moves really fast in the nba folks All right, so you already know this episode's called The New Editions. And, you know, I wanted to just highlight some of the players that have been known to play for one team so far in their career and to see if there were any differences this season so far. So the first player I want to start off with is Max Struess. Max Struess last season played for the Miami Heat. He was 100% part of that Heat culture, and he was one of the reasons as to why they were able to make the ECF um, so far this season, a lot better in numbers compared to his season so far when he was with Miami. He's averaging 14.7 points. He's averaging six rebounds, just about six rebounds. And he's also passing the rock more. But that's only just because right now, currently Donovan Mitchell is injured and is on the injured list. So we'll obviously see how him and the Cavs are progressing later on in the season. They're currently sitting at eighth in the Eastern Conference. But Staying on, you know, the whole new edition wave, I got to go quickly, quickly to the west side and check up on our boy Fred Van Fleet and see how he's been doing. You know what I'm saying? That Houston Rockets squad alone, they're doing pretty good. They're no, also no, eighth no, place. No, listen, bro, if they're eighth place, that means they're doing fucking phenomenal, bro. I did not expect that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, man. And I just wanted to, like, highlight 
you know what Fred has been doing for that squad you know with what you said last episode in regards to you know Ime Duka has already gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals he knows how to get there with Fred Van Fleet already knowing how to get there and winning the chip you have guys and dogs like Dylan Brooks on that squad and I really really want to see Jabari Smith Jr. make a jump by the second half of this season you know that squad is a squad to watch and with Fred Van Fleet there right now he's not scoring too much compared to last season which is expected however his assist numbers currently averaging 9.3 assists so far within the 12 games that he started I think that's a testament of like uh, the player buying in and the, and the influence the coach has right because I think Nick Nurse lost the team last year and that's why <laughs> nobody was responding another player I really want to uh, I want to touch upon really quickly is also DeAndre Ayton Dominaton but yo, Dominaton is not dominating at all. They are currently last in the Western Conference. <laughs> oh, bro. And you know what? I let me add another disappointment to Scooter Henderson. Cause you know, we yes. did we did, we did think that he will be the third, you know, candidate against the rookie of the year. And I'm happy I dropped him. I'm happy I dropped him after like three weeks. I'm really surprised that he's taking this long. I know he's working through an injury, but still. But the other guy, the Thompson kid in Detroit, he's a worthy candidate for third. Osir Thompson, a one hundred percent, a good a defensive and a good defensive player that you're candidate too. You know, yeah, man, yo, that kid is fun to watch, and he's so bro, this he's is, so different. Bro, yo, he he's different, bro. This year alone, we got like three defensive monsters at least, and these are young guys. So these guys are just starting. Yes, sir. One more player I'm going to quickly touch upon that honestly has been hiding away from like, I don't want to say hiding away from the media because he's not like he's he's a known he's a known guy because he obviously played with Trey Young throughout his time with Atlanta. John Collins, you know, oh, Utah, Utah. Yeah, Utah right now. They're not obviously the greatest team either, but they're currently 12th in the West right now. They have a four and 10 record. But John Collins, he's definitely been that missing piece. I think that the Utah Jazz definitely needed because Mr. Markinen can't do everything by himself and having Kessler injured doesn't help either. But yeah, John Collins right now, 15 points so far in the season, 8.6 rebounds in total. Dude has to work a little bit more better on the free throw line because he did a lot better uh, in prior years when he was with Atlanta. And that's pretty much it, man. Like, I mean, these guys aren't like keen, keen guys to talk about and go in depth, but they're definitely mans to talk about if you're ever like doing fantasy leagues, if you're doing, you know, if or even if you're sports betting. It's just something to even keep in mind, you know, just those new additions onto uh, some of the squads, you know what I'm saying? I actually have a fun fact for you, one last one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we just say LeBron hit 39K, right? Yeah. He's a crazy one. He hit 39K 39 days before his 39th. What the hell? Nah, man. The NBA script can't be real. Say what? That's a lie. I don't believe you. Is that actually true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. What the hell? Oh my god! <laughs> it's in the script, fam. It's in you the know script. what? You know what else is in the script? I'm pretty sure you already know this, but I'm gonna just say it anyways. Every king needs their prince. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they have the 25th pick, and his son is projected to have the 20 to be the 25th pick, right? And draft. No, nah, I'm talking know? about his teammate. Well, Torian Prince. <laughs> Don't kill me. That's a new addition too. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into this installment of Full Court Press. Make sure to follow us on the gram at FCP the Pod and to download episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows. For this game, 
Felix and I are going to go back and forth and just continuously name current and former teammates of Kevin Durant until someone fucks up. All right? Count me down, brother. I'll go first. Three, two, one. Russell Westbrook. Harden. Thabo Cephalosha. Aiton. Nick Collison. Booker. Bradley Beal. CP3. Yusuf Nurkic. Campaign. Kyrie Irving. Kendra Perkins. Ben Simmons. Ooh. Seth Curry. Earl Watson. Kay Thompson. Luke Ridnour. Draymond Green. Um, Patrick McCaw? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zaza Pachulia. Yo, Zaza. Zaza. Um, Mo Pete, Morris Peterson. What? <laughs> Derek Fisher. D Fish. Reggie Jackson. Nick Claxton. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, too. Um, Joe Harris. Demarcus Cousins. Oh, word. Yeah, with the Warriors. With the Warriors. The Warriors, yo. Man, the Warriors had, had, had everyone, yo. Um, who else, yo? Who else? I'm drawing a blank dog. That's I'm done, yo. That's me. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace.